This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app of participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Wetsmo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the usually fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. And now Chelsea's fourth and final home match in February saw the visit of Manchester City to Kings Meadow for a top-of-the-table clash. A win for Chelsea would see them extend their lead to six points and put one hand on another WSL title. A win for City would blow the title race wide open. City hot from their FA Cup win away at Arsenal the week before, pressed fast and high and with Jess Park capitalising on a rare Aaron Cup mistake to feed Bunny Shaw, who put the visitors 1-0 up after just 15 minutes. And Chelsea came back and when Myra Ramirez was hacked down by Alex Greenwood, Kings Meadow waited for the whistle that never came. The home side huffed and puffed, but the equalising goal, much like the penalty decision, never came, giving City their first away win over Chelsea in 13 games and ending the Blues' 22-match unbeaten home run and blowing the WSL title race wide open. Uh, and the title of tonight's show went to make Kings Meadow episode number 122. It's Don't Look Back in Anger which hopefully we won't be doing as we go through the show tonight. Uh, now, I'm your host, Dean, and joining me this week, um, I've learned the bad luck duo, and we'll tell you why in a minute. But uh, first up, Mr Simon Kingman. Simon, good to see you. Yes, evening, Dean. Evening, Matt. Evening, everyone. Um, sort of looking forward to tonight in a yeah weird sort of way. Hope yeah. it cheers us up a little bit. Hopefully. I mean, Simon, I've given away the second guest there, uh, Mr. Matt Ball. Matt, good to see you, mate. How you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm good uh, personal life-wise, but obviously Chelsea, they, they they like to give you bad news just when you don't need it. Um, so I, I'm good otherwise. Yeah, well, surprise they've announced this before the deadline of Kings Meadow Chronicle, issue 10. So there's more bad news to come. Uh, just got to wait for the deadline to pass. Uh, but Simon, you was revealing why you and Matt are a bit of a bad luck duo. Yeah, we were uh, we were both on the show that followed the um, the dreaded Arsenal game back in December. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I apologise, everyone. Yeah, I don't know if that's my fault then for putting you both on together. Yeah, yeah. Or it's your two fault for being available together. Um, I'll stick the blame on you. Well, to be fair, the Champions League game Real Madrid, us, us three were together and that was fine. So maybe for Champions League, it's all right. Uh, yeah, we'll take that. Um, Ajax will be together. Um, we'll get to our Simons to blame anyway later in the show. Uh, anyway, uh, now remember, if you want to listen along to the show live, you can by heading to Mixler. That's mixlr.com and searching for Went Smoking Meadow, where you can join in the show by posting on the live chat page as Buffer already has in there tonight. Good evening, uh, Buffer. Uh, post your comments as you go, as we go, sorry, and I'll help bring you into the show get your opinions across as well. And if you are listening on the Went to Mokings Meadow platform, uh, please make sure you leave a nice uh, five-star review for us to um, feel good about ourselves when we're talking about a defeat for Chelsea. Um, on the show tonight, in part one, we're going to look back at that defeat to Man- by Manchester City. Uh, and in part two, we're going to ask what it means to the WSL and uh, recap the, the sad news today about the official uh, injuring her ACL on international duty. Uh, we're going to do all that just after this. Straight into the action, then Chelsea lining up for this one in a 4 4 2 formation uh, with Hannah Hampton in goal, uh, Ashley Lawrence, Jess Carter, Nathalie Bjorn, and Neve Charles as a back four. Uh, Frank Kirby, Manny Leopold, Aaron Cuff, and Guru Wrighton played across the midfield with Lauren James and Mayra Ramirez uh, in attack. Emma Hayes made four substitutions, bringing on Aggie Beaver Jones and Yahatterton Canrid for Guru Wrighton and Frank Kirby in the 63rd minute. In the 72nd minute, Shergan Nuskin came on for Ashley Lawrence. And in the 79th minute, Yelena Chankovic came on for Menli Leopold. Uh, that left Shiromazovic, Sophie Ingle, Eve Perese, Mara Mielda and Kadisha Buchanan as unused substitutes. Uh, stats-wise, Chelsea with 60% possession, 17 shots, 6 on target, 9,010 corners to Manchester City's 40% possession, 12 shots, 5 on target, 3 fouls and 4 corners. Um... So when we previewed this game last week, we was one away with the predicted lineup, and that was Kirby coming in for Camrid. Um, we did predict that Chelsea would play the four four two actually uh, when they didn't have the ball, which they did. Um, but it kind of got me thinking as we saw that first half unfold that I don't think you need Kirby and James together at the same time. No, no, both sort of similar players. Um, Camrid's. She's frustrating me a bit at the moment. Bring something different to the team in her, her pace and perhaps ability to beat players. But then that final ball was was lacking. But yeah, yeah. I mean, something not. I don't know. There's something not quite right with Fran at the moment. It, it doesn't seem to be clicking for her. I know we spoke about it before, didn't we? Whether it's the injuries and the illness and age. Sort of creeping up on her a bit. Yeah, I just think that, that yard's gone. Yeah, yeah. Goes, it, it can be showing, and I know they swapped her for Lauren 
during the first half on that right hand side. Uh, Matt, what did you make of the lineup? And yeah, I mean, I I, I was a little bit confused with with the four four two in in general. I just thought with 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 how City like to play and to keep the ball, I would have preferred to have an extra midfielder from the start. Um, again, like like you guys said, I felt Fran and Lauren would almost play into similar, but like Simon said, Canaria just feel hasn't taken the opportunity. She does, yes, she, as Simon said, does offer something different, but she's not taken that opportunity as much as I'd like her to. Um, and I think that's why why that almost that, that one position is always posing a different question of who's there, who's not. Um, personally. I would have just stuck another midfielder in there. Um, but we went with 4-4-2 and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, Simon, we saw this 4-4-2 against Everton a few weeks back now um, when Chelsea was struggling with their Everton's 3-4-3 setup. Uh, it worked that day, but obviously Man City are a uh, different kettle of fish when it comes to opposition. Um, and then, I mean, you could tell from quite early on that it just wasn't working. Uh, that Chelsea need to switch things up, and I don't know if it was sort of a stubbornness or they the coaches obviously didn't feel the same. But that City midfield three really dominated that opening half. It did. Um, Jess Park in particular seemed to have sort of just had the freedom of the pitch, didn't she? Bossing, just bossing things all over the place. I think we we were all calling for it, an extra bod in midfield. Um, took a long while to to bring on Nuskan, didn't it, and sort of bolster it a bit, but they were um, just really weird to see them playing like it, wasn't it? They Just running through us and seeing that first half that Bunny Shaw, every time she got through, she was running through and just the power. But yeah, Jess Park was really, really good. Yeah, best player on the pitch for me, Jess Park. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and obviously they had uh, Hazagawa sat at the base and then they pushed Laura Coombs and Jess Park really high occupying Liverpool's and Cuff, but uh, and Matt, that was where the, obviously the goal comes from. Uh, Copper gets the ball and Park initiates that press, sort of the trigger press. Uh, Rob throws the ball after a bit of a bad touch. Really sure and City 1-0 up and for me, I watch the goal thinking I've seen Chelsea score that goal so many times. Um, struggled to see why they didn't see it coming. Yeah, I, I just it, it was such a poor goal to concede, and um, it, it's frustrating because City City actually in in the grand scheme of things didn't really have many other chances that, apart from that. So if it was such, that simple of just not getting caught out like that, we may not even have lost the game, and we wouldn't be talking about potentially title rate. Uh, uh, we'd be talking about a much better title race um, for us at least. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a, a silly, a very silly mistake from Cuthbert, and I've kind of been on on the controversial train of I don't think Cuthbert. Oh, she's had a good period in the last few weeks, month. I don't think she's had the best of seasons. Um, not to say that that deserves her to be dropped. I think with her and Lloyd Leopold, I, I find our is probably our best combination. But it was just such a poor goal to concede, and considering it's the goal we normally score, it's a it's, it's just frustrating that we didn't know better that this was going to happen and it is a product of having two people in midfield apart from three because then they've got an extra man to press hound us in and not have to worry about the counter attack themselves 
Yeah, I mean, so I know you're you're a huge Erin Cuthbert fan, as am I. And I know she started the season slow, but I think she's really grown into it. Um, but it was the extra touch she didn't need, and she needed to get the ball off sort of straight away. I don't know if there's a lack of communication, but you know, she's wearing the armband. She's the captain. She takes responsibility for it, and uh, I know it sort of felt like that affected her for, for quite a bit of that first half. That mistake. I think it did, yeah, yeah. I think it, it sort of got into her head a bit, didn't it? And she wasn't, yeah, not very erring. Like, it was a moment, I know it's a bit later on, but in the second half where her and Lou Poles just collided together. And I thought that that summed our midfield up and our, our day up, really, in one little cameo. Yeah, she had the chance as well, the second half, to, to week close, just went past the post. Yeah, um, things would have been different, I suppose, then, wouldn't they? That chance from Kirby as well. We would have been talking about a different game. Yeah, and especially, I suppose, Matt, when it comes to uh, the penalty or the non-penalty, as we'll call it, uh, Ramirez winning the ball of Greenwood. Um, from where I sit, I weren't sure, because obviously the game's moving quite fast. We got messages straight away that it's a penalty. Watch it back on the, on the stream as we sit there. Um don't know how the ref misses this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the most obvious penalty that there could be. It, it's ridiculously obvious. I, I don't want to criticise the decision so much purely because if we look back to the last Man City game, there were decisions that went against City and well, chaos in terms of the red cards. So arguably we got away with a point against City last time, so I'm I'm not going to. In the in the end, it's 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 all evened out uh, slightly. Um, Man City didn't get their win, got a draw last time, and now they've got their win, and we didn't get the draw this time. So it's it's all evened out, um, but it should have been a penalty nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, Simon, I made the point when we played Everton and we got the two penalty decisions, which I think were both correct. Um, some players were tweeting about it, including one that plays for Manchester City, um, obviously criticising the referee in public and then their team famous for a bad decision. Uh, it's just not a good look for the league, is it? No, no, that was the um, Esme Morgan one, was it? Yeah. Yeah, sort of, sort of got back and saw that and, and wondered what had gone on and sort of couldn't remember that she'd done that before. But no, no, it's, it's not good, not good. What did you make of the decision? So you're a bit far away than me. Yeah. Um, you could see that they collided and then other people would sort of look at it on their phones. And then shortly afterwards, there was a free kick, wasn't there? Was that Cuthbert as well gave away a free kick? Yeah, sure. And it looked to yeah. us. Yeah, it looked to us as though it was exactly the same foul. But that's it. They seem to forget that sometimes, don't they, officials, that it can still be a, a, a foul in the box. And a penalty, but then when you see it again, yeah, definite, definite penalty. Yeah. Also, heard lots of complaints that uh, Keating was having the ball outside her box when she was kicking the ball. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah. Line of the box was they correct or one of the guys? Um, he was he normally sits in the north stand, but he was sitting in block F. Is that where you guys are? On the next one on block G, and he was speaking to us about that. And he said, how can you, you um, yellow card James for obstruction when she's bringing the ball out? 
I think I'd lost the plot by then anyway, to be honest with you. And I was uh, screaming at the, the lion's lady there. Yeah, although I'm, I am a bit with Matt. I don't like to blame the refs too much. Um, I think we have to find a way. Um, and I thought that first half, Matt, was just a real struggle. I mean, I tweeted about 20 minutes in. I think there should be a change. Um, because that four four two wasn't working at all. Because City occupied the two midfielders with the two midfielders and had a spare player the whole time. Um, I mean, what would you have? What would you have done differently? Match them up, or maybe put a diamond midfield in. Um, I know it's easy with hindsight, and we're not in the moment. But yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely would have added. I mean, I I I, I, I if if I me as a manager like in my kind of ideology of it, I would be quite ruthless at the point. If it's not working, I would make a change. I, I, I don't like this whole thing of let's wait till half-time because the game could be gone by then, uh, if it depends on how bad the uh, call is. I would have I would have brought on an extra man or uh, woman um, to have in the midfield um, because it's just clear that it wasn't working. City's plan was to just make sure as long as that midfield, as long as that central part of the pitch is under control... Chelsea can have it on the wide as much as they want. It's not going to work. And in the end, it did just seem that we were just constantly peddling balls in and we weren't actually getting much out of it. Um, so I, I would have made a change, bring on someone at least to go into that attacking midfield just to just to cause Man City some threats in that defensive midfield role um, because it was just so easy for them to pass the ball around, not really getting threatened too much. Um, I would have definitely hype, make, make up the press a little bit more um, just to put some pressure on them, make, let them make mistakes because it just seemed too easy for Man City on the ball. And that was better in the second half to some extent, but that was partially, I think, also because City were just thinking, let's just sit back and hold this lead a little bit. We don't need to push forward and they'll create gaps themselves trying to get the, trying to get the goal, uh, which we did in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Simon, that's a, a question I've got a couple of questions on now. I, I think I'll bring it up now because Matt's mentioned it. You know, about it helping that City decided to sit off and let us attack. I mean, 60% possession against Man City is not to be sniffed at, but it almost felt like one of those where we never had control of the match. No, no. It was one of those games and I'm sitting there thinking who, who was on the bench and it, I don't know, it's hindsight again, isn't it? But Woods, Ingle coming in, would she have made a difference? Perhaps been able to, to keep the ball a little bit and sort of disrupt their play. We were uh, sort of analysing it on the way home and that, and Dylan said, you know, as bad as we were, you just have to look at City and, and say that they perhaps did deserve it and played better, a bit more organised than us, which is very unusual to say, really. But say, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought Emma would be scared of making changes if she'd seen it wasn't working so yeah I mean the, the two changes she did make Matt um, uh, Cameron and Aggie Beaver-Jones um, Kirby and, and Wrighton off who I thought were two players that had invisible games let's say um, I mean that's where City's weak is that out wide because they do play centrally um, and they have their their attacking players so high up the pitch that they don't defend. Um, if you want to get the better of City, is behind them. Uh, and I thought they did make an impact in the game, Cameron and, and Nagy, although not enough. Yeah, I think 
almost them changes that while they were positive in terms of they were better than uh, being right and coming on, it was still almost that, that similar shape. And it just, I felt like the shape itself wasn't working. I think once we brought kind of Nuskin on and it kind of changed the shape up a little bit, you, you saw like the game was starting to change a little bit. And maybe if we had a little bit more time and that change was made earlier, potentially we may have eventually found the goal like kind of last game. Uh, we we, we equalised late on. Um, but yeah, I think on Brighton, I think since she's kind of come back from her injury, I, I feel like she hasn't exactly been the same player, whether, again, it's struggling to find her feet with fitness. Um, I don't think she's been nowhere near as impactful as she was before, um, which I think Brighton has been such a big impact uh, in the last year or so. Um, so I think we're desperate, especially when we haven't got someone like Sam Kerr right now. We need uh, a fully fit of firing Gura item. Yeah, just on Brighton, Simon, because it's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, I agree with Matt, she's not looked herself, but I also would say she's asked to play inside a lot more now than, than previously. And her best stuff for me is always when she's out wide, getting crosses into the box and, and making a difference that way. It seems a bit pointless when you've got a player like Ramirez up front to, to I don't want to say not get the ball in the box, but have your best crosser central, which helped Man City. Yeah, yeah. I know we we'd sort of spoken about it before about her not playing as well. And I'd not really noticed it as much until you'd said that the other week about playing inside more. And it's definitely hampered her. I mean, the, the couple of seasons she's been our, our best player, isn't she? And sort of first name on the team sheet. But now you're questioning whether she should be playing. Should one of the others get a chance? I'd also thought it was it, you don't realise what you've got until it's not there, do you? But whether it was more of a, a mere official game as well, sort of knock the ball up to her. Well, we missed that. She was already gone though, wasn't she, to uh, to the US? But Yeah. I mean, every flavour being um, on Mixler, uh, Guru benefits so much from Sam as well. Sam's absence makes her seem less effective. Um, and I think that could be the case for the, the whole team, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Sam's scoring goals at the rate she does. Uh, everyone obviously will seem a lot better. Uh, but obviously, Guru and Sam do have a great relationship uh, on and off the pitch. Um, I mean, you mentioned Cross's map. Uh, I looked it up on, on Y Scout just before we started recording this. Uh, 25 crosses in this match, uh, 37 in the reverse fixture at City. Um, obviously where we did get the goal in the end uh, it just to me felt like we'd run out of ideas so quick and it was just like a tr- try and try again I was surprised to see like Bjorn didn't go up front and so like that just like they used to do with Billy Bright um, and try and get something but you know I don't feel that Keaton really apart from that Kirby chance in the first half really had to do much in the second half in terms of great goalkeeping yeah, I mean, she, she, we, we didn't test her enough. And you're right, we almost seem to just give up. We've run out of ideas. And I, I, I don't know, again, like we mentioned it with, with Sam obviously being out. And that whole kind of attacking front line just seems like they well, they don't know how to play with each other anymore. Um, whether that is, obviously, you've got Ramirez and Ramirez doesn't speak a lot of English. So it, it's it's hard to communicate and gel a bit more. 
Um, obviously, Mia and Aggie, even though they've been in and around the club for, a, for since the summer, they're still gelling in. Everyone, there's no, there's no option that's been here for a while that knows these players and knows every, every striker option at the moment. I feel like they're not, they're not quite in sync, and I feel that that's fine when you're playing some of the lesser teams in the division, even kind of Man United, who are not playing very well at all at the moment. Um, but it seems as soon as we're coming up against the big teams, without Kerr now, it's just the fact that we do, uh, this attack doesn't seem in sync. I worry that we're not going to get the, we're not going to score enough goals against these teams. Yeah, I mean, Simon, it's, it seems, feels like it's been a while since we've really, you know, blown a team away and totally destroyed them. And, and the point that Matt makes about uh, Ramirez when we conceded. I noticed Jess went up to Ramirez and started talking to her as if it was her fault we conceded. It was a bit like, well, the goal didn't come from there. It came from a bit further back. But as Matt said, so it does seem to be a little bit off kilter, uh, which is strange for a team that's just lost twice, uh, once to Arsenal, once to Man City, uh, to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd not before Christmas, wasn't it, really? We we hadn't played well then. We'd lost to Arsenal, um, struggled in another game. It's strange. Is it? I don't want to say it, but is it Emma leaving? Has that affected them in, in more ways than we would like to think? I would hope not. I would hope that they're all professionals and she's a professional, but it does... They don't seem to be the same team as they were sort of towards the end of last season, really. They struggled sort of coming into this season a bit and then sort of found a, a bit of a purple patch with a few games. But, yeah. Well, I think it's possible since the news broke. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably the last game, wasn't it, that we played? That was Aston Villa, wasn't it? And we smashed them. Yeah. But we played for any purpose, really. We could end up with absolutely nothing this season, but um, let's not look back in anger, as I said earlier. Um, Why don't we sack her now? While we've still got months. Don't know if we've got a replacement yet. Um, uh, yeah, when we win, I, I usually do a player of the match poll. When we lose, I don't bother. Um, but I mean, Matt, for me, the standout player was Hannah Hampton, uh, who made a few good saves, kept us in the game. Uh, which is always a sign of a bad performance when your goalkeeper gets player of the match. Uh, partly why I didn't want to do a poll, but anyone else sort of stand out for you or who would have been your pick? Probably would agree with Hannah Hampton, to be honest. I think there's not really anyone on, on, out, out on the field that deserve to even be nominated. I mean, props to Ramirez. I think she did put a lot of effort in. It just, again, didn't feel like she was sinking. She was trying too much on her trying too much to do herself at times, but there was bright sparks there. So I'd, 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 I'd say she was one of the better players outfield, but um, yeah, Hannah Hampton deserves it 100%. Yeah, Simon, what about you? Because you can't give it to Erin today, surely? No, I wasn't going to vote this week out of principle for, for the abuse I got on last week's show, to be honest. I think I would have given it to Eve Perise because she didn't stop running, warming up. And after the match. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no player of the match poll. Um, and then I think now is the time to sort of reveal why 
Chelsea lost. And you know, it's a bit of a running joke where we sit and on the show about Jane's lucky wheeze. Um, to be fair, Jane got up and tried. Uh, Lucy got up and tried. Uh, my other cousin Amy got up and tried. I got up and tried for a lucky wee. Nothing. Nothing. We lost the game. Got back home. Turn on Facebook. Uh, and what do we see? But a picture of Simon's lucky shirt on the bed. Because he forgot to wear it. Yeah. I'd had, had a week off last week. And then everything was pointing towards Friday night. Under lights. Man City. Chelsea. So excited. Getting ready and everything. And yeah. Forgot to put my shirt on. Yeah, got Matt. back. Just sorry, that. Well, we'll, we'll just have to sack Simon for that. So I'm sorry, sorry everyone. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't have a week off because you know postman always deliver. As soon as you yeah, don't, well, all goes to the pot. Just losing my mind. Getting yeah. that as well, I think. We're gonna have to let uh, Dylan and Verity take over the podcast. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Get some fresh ideas on the show. If we can't get fresh ideas on the pitch. Um, we're going to go for a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about what this means for the WSL title race uh, and that me official injury as well. Uh, just a quick comment on that. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that the last few copies of uh, Issue 9 are available of Kids Meta Chronicle. Uh, I think there's seven left and there's four Issue 8s uh, available for a pound for Issue 9 and 50p for Issue 8. If you do want to get your hands on the copy, head to kidsmetachronicle.bigcartel.com. Uh, issue 10 is being published right now. Uh, it will be available in time for the uh, Leicester City game at the start of March. Uh, if you want to get your copy of that, uh, please make sure to subscribe. It's the quickest way you'll get your copy because there's quite a few away games uh, in March before we uh, have copies on sale at Arsenal on Friday the 15th. Unless, of course, Chelsea men get drawn at home in the FA Cup, in which case um, our game will get booted into the long grass, unfortunately. Um, the link for all that will be left in the description box and we'll be back for part two of When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To this short break. Welcome back, Golf Part 2 of Mexico Keeps Better, episode 122. Uh, check that's right. Um, 
Now, obviously, as we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, Matt, a win for Chelsea would have seen us gone six points clear. Probably one had on the title to defeat, you know, City level on points. Um, in the WSL, Arsenal just three behind that, I think. Uh, could be wrong, have a look at the table. Uh, but it has, unfortunately, um, blown the title race wide open. Yes, it's, I mean, it's made, first of all, it's made that um, Arsenal game uh, a very tasty, but very, at the same time, horrible, nervous match, um, because that is the the big game, really. Um, I think what worries me at the moment is how Chelsea, I mean, you look at the bit, the the top, the, the other, the top two with us, Arsenal, City, we we got one point out of six against City. Arguably, we probably should have lost all all six, um, and we and we and we got completely smacked against Arsenal in December four uh, one. Um, it, it it just show it, it's it's just a sign that maybe are we are we are we lacking? Especially now we haven't got Kerr, and potentially now we're well, now we haven't got official either. Um, are we going to lack that kind of? Killer instinct against these big teams that are going to match us in terms of quality, um, and is that going to just bite us at the end at this crucial point of the season? Especially when we've got Champions League, Arsenal and City don't they? They have a little bit more rest than us. Um, it, it's the first time in a long time that I'm, I'm worried a little bit that we do, we don't we don't go over the line with this. Yeah, Simon. I mean. Not many teams win the WSL and lose more than two games, uh, if ever. I think we've lost to two now. It means you have to be perfect between now and the end of the season. Uh, and we all know how difficult that's going to be. Um, what's your thoughts on what this means for us and the WSL? Um, makes it exciting for everybody else, isn't it? But uh, we're not interested in everyone else, are we? Sky TV and BBC and fixtures... Uh, we've just got to win, haven't we? But that's right, easier said than done. Leicester away, and that was we got Villa at home, Bristol at home, Man United's away. If it comes down to that game, is my old Mark Skinner gonna wanna have one last little bit of limelight against Emma? Oh, it's, it's just not worth thinking about it, is it really? We'll win, yeah. Well, it's just I won't... I run through March's fixtures because it is we've gone from four games in February to uh, Leicester away, Man City away in the Conti Cup semi final, Everton away in the FA Cup quarter final, uh, Arsenal at home in the WSL, then Ajax away in the Champions League, West Ham away in the WSL, uh, Ajax at home in the second leg in the Champions League, and then Tottenham away on the thirty first of March. Uh, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Uh, in, I think, 28 days, uh, which is quite a ridiculous uh, length of time. Um, Matt, just every every few days, another fixture, and sometimes that can be good for momentum, but you know, it's going to take a lot out of this squad, uh, this, this run, isn't it? Yeah, and especially when you've got players that are, players that are out for the rest of the season, so there's less bodies there. You've got people coming back, but they're not fully fit. Obviously, it's good that people like Cat are going to get some game time. There's a lot of opportunity to get game time and build that fitness. But 
I worry that the depth is, especially in the in the top areas, the quality of the depth is just washing away and having all these games. And it's not like the cup. I mean, Ajax is a little bit easier, but we've got City in the cup. Um, we've got hard games. We've got in in this space. We've got Arsenal, Tottenham, um, and City again uh, to face. It's it's it, it, it's a tough run. Um, and we've just got to try and push through it the best way we know how, and that's just being Chelsea women. Yeah, just looking back to last season, Simon, uh, we beat United in March, and I think that gave us a bit of a gap at the top. Uh, we lost we lost to City away then, uh, in between the Champions League quarter-final, uh, and then went the rest of the season uh, unbeaten in the league uh, anyway. Um including that 2-0 against Arsenal the week before the season finished. Um, just feels right now, and I don't know if that's because it's just happened, it does feel a little bit a little bit different this year. It does, yeah. I think it's the expectation as well, and knowing, like you said, it's, it's Emma's last season, and it's our trophy, isn't it? We want to make it five in a row. Do we play a weakened team against City in the Conti Cup? But then we want to want to win everything, don't we? I suppose that's the one, isn't it? That you would take defeat in and then give them... It's only one game. So it's so difficult. Let's just all be positive. Try and stay positive. Well, to be that, you know, Man City and Arsenal, the two rivals, both have to go unbeaten as well. And obviously... Arsenal had to play both us, City and Chelsea. Um, and City have got United on the 23rd of March. Uh, they got Arsenal at home. These are both home games for City on the 5th of May. Um, obviously, by the time we play United, I think most things will be decided and Skinner might be out of a job by then as well. Um, so I don't think there's too much on that game as such. But do you think there'll be more ups and downs in this title race? Or... Because City like to finish the season really strong, and they have done for a number of years. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's not over now. I, I don't think either City or Chelsea are going to go unbeaten. I think there will be a t- there will be a team that wins uh, the WSL with uh, three defeats. Um, I think we will lose something, but I think City will lose something. Um, it'll be interesting if it, if and that is if it does go to the final game, and obviously we're playing United. If it's if it's us and City tired. Would Man United really want to win us win win a league for City if there if there's nothing left to play for? Um, hopefully United could do us a favour in that game and shift a few goals. But as you said, if, if Skinner, I'd, I think I'd, the way Skinner's playing this with the United at the moment, I think I'd rather Skinner there to be honest. Yeah, I just think if they're out of Europe, they have got nothing left to play for. Um, they would they would have pulled that trigger, especially with new owners or a new sporting owner in in place at the club. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, some of the other thing I see today online is that uh, the bookies make the City favourites for the title. Do you think that's because of the Champions League impact that we've got? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Just those extra games that we've got to play. Goal difference is the same as well, isn't it? I've just looked yeah. at that. So it's... But then if they've got to play Arsenal... So... It's going to be a tense finish. Yeah. Just looking at it. Yeah. We'll be all right. 
What would you make of keep... being the favourites of the bookies? Uh, match read much into that, or do you think it's the fixtures, schedules, and yeah, I, I think it's it's easy it's easy to say that oh, City are favourites now because they've just beaten us and uh, they've, they've drawn it level and they have the momentum. Uh, Chelsea have a lot of games. It, it, it's very easy to to to, to make the odds uh, go in City's favour, but. Um, I, don't, I don't really pay too much attention to them because at the end of the day, you can't predict football. No, although we like to try. Um, yeah, I mean, Simon, I would have said, you know, a good time for an international break is after a defeat because it gives you time to reflect, not make any rough decisions, get over it, come back feeling a little bit fresh, a little bit stronger. Uh, but very sadly, um, me official uh, as Turner ACL, uh, out with the United States for the Gold Cup. Obviously, she's going to miss that and the rest of the season now. Um, she just sort of just started to get a, a, a place in the team, I think, get her feet settled under the table. Uh, that's going to be a big loss for us, especially with Sam already out with the same injury. It will, yeah. Uh, not seen the best of her yet, have we, really? It's just such a shame. We've gone sort of however long we've gone without having one, and then we lose Annika Nguyen, don't we, on the international duty, and Mia on the international duty, and then Sam, warm weather training camp. It's, um, it's devastating for her. Hopefully, Captain Cario. Emma says she was coming back. She should be sort of making an appearance after the international break. So, hopefully, hopefully, we see her and see what she's all about but yeah yeah just really feel for Mia yeah I'll just bring some comments in from from Mick so we've got uh, Johnny Superfran uh, I would like to say now we only had a Man City and Arsenal just by the skin of our teeth we've got to win every game now without excuses and not allow any opponent like Arsenal to floor the momentum of retaining the title now in me official out ACL injury like Sam and the Nick it's going to be more difficult and harder I need to be careful uh, to keep the players more importantly for future games between now and the end of the season. Uh, Buffer said, fuck the Conti Cup. So, there's a point well made there. Uh, Beck says, the official injury is such a blow, a lot more pressure on Myra in particular now. Uh, the lost spirit of Jesse Fleming, my favourite Mixler user uh, name. I've got my fingers crossed that Cat will have the same impact that Panilla did in the final third of last season, uh, which Johnny agrees with about Cat Macario. And... Um, Matt, a lot of pressure on, on Myra and and Cat now, obviously coming in out of the cold from her injury, uh, to provide goals for Chelsea with with Sam and now uh, Mia out as well. Yeah, and I think they've got they've they've got their own problems. I, I was explaining to a friend uh, on message earlier that obviously Myra she's got the language barrier, which does make it harder to fit in to gel with your teammates to know exactly what to do. Um, Obviously, that will get better over time, but this is the pressure point when we need we we need it. We need her firing now. We need everything. We need everyone gelled together now. And again, Kat, she can speak. She can speak the language and she can communicate with her teammates. But she's a miles miles away in terms of fitness. Actually, um, she, she will be fit and match fit technically. But as we can see with Fran, as we can see with Ryter. And they've had much smaller injuries uh, problems than uh, cats have really, and they're 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 not they're struggling. And uh, I think it's a lot of pressure to put on cat coming back, coming into a new league that she's never played in before. 
um, to come in and do the business straight away. I think it's um, it's happening all at the wrong time for Chelsea. I think if we had Cap fully fit and back, then I wouldn't be worrying so much. If we had Myra, who was here and had been gelled into the team a bit more, again, I wouldn't be worried. But I think when we've got both these problems, I think it's going to be an interesting way to see how Emma deals with this. And I hope that the the solution is not putting Lauren James off the false nine because for me again that's I think something that I feel doesn't work and doesn't get the best out of our best arguably our best player on the pitch Yeah absolutely I mean some just to sort of echo some of the points from, from Matt there you know putting that pressure on on Kat Macario who hasn't played in the league hasn't played for the club uh, you never know what the player's going to come back from injury like seems to be a bit unfair but there is going to be pressure on her shoulders to to hit the ground running, isn't there? There is, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's make or break, isn't it? Will she come back and be the player that we hope she is? Um, it's just so difficult. Sort of wishing Millie back as well and just stick her up front, like Emma's done sort of 90 minutes, 80 minutes if we needed a goal. Just put it to Millie. I don't know. It's... it's the worst possible timing. Hopefully, Ramirez will get a couple of penalties in in games as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a, obviously, Mia spent a lot of time in Mexico. Uh, would obviously speak Spanish. Would have been a good conduit for for Mayra Ramirez. I'm now obviously not going to be training, uh, so another lost translator for for, for Ramirez, who's going to have to learn English uh, even quicker. Although it is the world's second language, so hopefully. She can pick it up uh, pretty quick. Uh, pass me the ball. Uh, that's it. That's all we need. Hannah Ham speaks Spanish as well, doesn't she? She fluent, fluent in Spanish as well, apparently. Yeah. Wrong end of the pitch, though, really, isn't it? A lot of shouting. She's got a big goal. She's got a big goal. Yeah, I mean... Just going back, Matt, to those, those those March fixtures, I mean, it is the Arsenal one that really stands out, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, it's the one that almost the team have got to prove themselves. Like if we beat, we beat Arsenal and hopefully I'd like to beat them well, then that's the one that can really bring, up, bring us confidence and go, well, we can we can beat these top teams. Um, we've, we've overcome the 4-1. Um, we've effectively, at that point, I think it does make Arsenal's title race a little bit uh, a lot harder uh, and arguably I think at that point they all they can be is a disruptor to City um, but it, it is a big game I think we we not just the team but us fans have really got to show up and um, make ourselves the 12th man for it and put, push our team for it Yeah absolutely Simon you would echo that completely I assume yeah, just make sure me and Matt are nowhere near the, uh, the podcast as well. Yeah, make sure not to schedule you in for um, the same the same game uh, well in advance. I normally I don't bother scheduling it, uh, which would help. Uh, but see, I do things ahead of schedule, and that's bite me on the arse. Mm. Um, I mean, let's remember as well, Matt. We are in the semi final of the Conti Cup, we're in the quarter final of the FA Cup. We are top of the WSL and we are the only English club in the Champions League. So uh, it's not all bad, is it? Oh, no. I think I think 
the amount of success that we've had over the last four or five years, um, we can't complain that we've had we've been spoiled. Um, and of course, we what we 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 want to keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. Obviously, this year with Emma leaving, it's even more important that we want to just give her a, a good send off. Um, but we just need to almost tr- trust in ourselves. I know it's hard coming from someone that's just been pessimistic the whole po- uh, podcast long, um, but we do need to just trust in ourselves and the players just need to believe in their own ability because there is so much talent there. Uh, and I think we can do this. We can overcome these four competitions and we can get through. Yeah, we might, we might have some steps that we, we go down the way. We might lose a semi-final. We might lose a quarter-final potentially. One of the two, hopefully not both. Um, but it's about how we get up and how we deal with this. Uh, this is, it's the sign in the show of champions. Yeah, so I mean, every club in the country would want to be in our position right now uh, because no one is in the competitions that we're in. Uh, no club could lose Sam Kerr, me official to ACLs, and still have. Uh, Mary Ramirez, uh, Maker Hamano, who we haven't mentioned, Cat uh, Macario on the books. I mean, we are the club that everyone wants to be. And the title of tonight's show was Don't Look Back in Anger. And I think we can look forward positively still about what this season has to offer for us. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We are. We're in, we're in everything. We couldn't be in a stronger position, really, could we? Perhaps, yeah, perhaps we are spoiled. Just get that passport renewed and we're there. Bill Bayo, Old Trafford, Molyneux, Wembley. Yeah. The Emma Hayes farewell tour. I've got a christening the day after Bill Bow. Uh, so I think that's off the cards anyway, but um, <laughs> the others maybe. Uh, or they're probably not Molyneux for the Conti Cup. That is, that's a trek for a bad competition. It's Easter as well, isn't it? Is that Easter Sunday? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what day it is. It's but... 30, 31st, isn't it? Yeah. So the, yeah, the day we got Tottenham, so that could be a change to the yeah. Uh, yeah. fixture list, of course. Um, right, I think that is is all we're going to have time for uh, tonight. Uh, my thanks to, to you, Matt, for, for joining us again. No worries. It was it was happy. I'm happy to be on this podcast, best po- uh, Chelsea women's podcast in the world. Uh, so happy to be on. Happy to be on Simon, even if it does bring us bad luck. Yeah, the competition is not very great, but um, we'll take it. Uh, thanks, Matt and Simon. Of course, uh, no thanks to you for the loss for Man City, but uh, thanks yeah, for joining us anyway. Sorry once again, everyone, and yeah. Good to be on. Sort of cheers, yeah, cheered us up really, and we'll do it all again. Just not me and Matt. Yeah, lessons learned by hopefully Please. everyone, yeah, myself included. Um, we will be back not next week because there's no fixture, but we'll be back the week after that to uh, look back at our WSL match uh, with uh, Leicester City, uh, I think, and uh, a little preview of the Conti Cup semi final. Of Man City, uh, with who I do not know, but I just know it won't be with Matt and Simon for sure. Um, but it might be one of them, just not together. Um, in the meantime, if you do enjoy what we do and you want to help support the show, please consider signing up to become one of our patrons. Uh, our season ticket holders on there for five pounds a month, uh, so just the cost of a beer or a coffee. Um, 
get ad free early listening. You get a free sticker after three months, and you also get access to like interviews with the likes of Tony Farmer, the man who created the Chelsea Women's Team, uh, the current Liverpool head coach Matt Beard, and George Michaelas, who managed the team uh, from 2002-2005. All that content is on our Patreon only. uh, So if you want to help support the show, that is our way of saying thanks to you. Uh, the link for that is patreon.com forward slash Ventimo Kings Meadow. Uh, the link I'll put in the description. Uh, if I remember, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to those in Mixler who joined in the show. As always, uh, we'll be back very soon. And until then, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.